Hi, you guys. Nice to be with you again. This is Richard Sachs. I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio. <clears throat> this is our Saturday afternoon show, Lost Arts Radio Live, related to current events. And we've been talking a lot about this terrible emergency pandemic that we're all in. And I'm going to do that. But I, I want to bring, you know, I'm going to do that as far as kind of an update and some observations go of what's happening but I want to mention something else first, which is time sensitive and let you know why why I'm going to talk about it. Um, if you listen to the SafeStream version, you know one of the full-time projects I'm involved in is a university study, which is on, and I think I can say it, you know, safely without disappearing, hopefully, is a cancer study. And it's, it's amazing that the university allows it but they do they consider it completely fine and um what it is is i'm interviewing some cancer patients that were diagnosed officially with cancer of any kind but they they decided not to do uh, chemotherapy and radiation and surgery which are considered the standard of care in conventional allopathic medicine and instead they did natural protocols that had some element of fasting. And that's kind of interesting because the natural healing people that are, are teaching how things actually work with the body are explaining that the sickness and, and the cures for it or the remedies for it are all about detox and nutrition. So a lot of those healers on uh, on the internet are talking correctly about um, that almost all disease comes down to shorter long-term uh, poisoning and lack of nutrition, toxicity and deficiency, some of them say. And I think they're correct. And if that goes on for a long time, it ends up uh, causing degenerative disease. One of the m- most well-known and uh, widespread causes of death in, in most of the Western world, m- most of the world in general right now, uh, is cancer. And so I thought, what would it be like if we could inject some understanding of alternatives like using fasting and nutrition and, you know, healing food, raw food, juices, things like that, into the conventional academic database for dissertations, PhD work. And I got approved for whatever reason. So I've gotten about halfway through the interviews now, and the person that was supposed to be happening now canceled at the last minute. So I thought, well, I know some people, which is you guys, and I'd say, uh, if any of you knows anybody that has had a diagnosis of cancer but didn't do the conventional route and instead decided to do one of these natural protocols like juice fasting or water fasting or raw food with fasting or anything that involves any aspect of fasting, they would fit into this study. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get kicked off the internet for for mentioning it, but I have to do it. So think about it. Um, Most people know a lot of people with cancer, but most of them have died after following the conventional protocol, and we're looking for the other ones. And the ones I've interviewed so far about halfway through, um, many of them are fine 10 and 20 years after the diagnosis because what they generally did 
is they ate exclusively organic raw food. Um, generally, during the healing pro- uh, process, they ate raw vegan food, and they, you know, lost considerable weight. And they did uh, fresh juices, which they made themselves all, all day, every day. Uh, examples of that are Gerson and Hippocrates and places like that that really everybody should know about because their success rate is worth knowing. Uh, Hippocrates has supplied a lot of our uh, subjects for the study recently, and we've been interviewing them, and the ones that have not done any conventional treatment have done great. In fact, they've done the best because once you've really poisoned the body, it gets harder in general. At least that's what I've seen. Um, So... If I tell you where all this came from, I didn't just get the idea to interview people about cancer or study cancer. I I had intense experience with allopathic medicine myself, but not recently. This was in the early to mid-1960s, and um, I was being treated by the cutting-edge best scientific doctors that we knew of at Stanford Hospital, and they were good people. They were smart. They were really well-meaning. They worked hard. But their problem was they had been trained in allopathic medicine. What they knew was drugs, invasive procedures, expensive stuff, and potentially deadly uh, surgeries and things like that. So I was on really heavy-duty drugs whose side effect sometimes is death for a long time. And it was getting worse and worse, which is not, that's not like some kind of a shocker, right? If you you eat poison every day, you're probably not going to get healthier. I mean, I know this is a really deep concept for modern medicine, but it's actually true. They've been trained to lose common sense. And at the time, I didn't know of any alternatives. This was a long time ago, almost 60 years. And... Um, at the end, you know, of some of their treatment, I just decided that conventional medicine, other than emergency help for accidents and a few necessary surgeries, was so bad that I would be a lot better off if I just went and died by myself in the woods somewhere. And I didn't know that that decision to throw out medicine out of my life anyway, so-called medicine based on poison, um, that decision to throw it out would would mean that I would end up discovering a whole parallel world of forgotten laws of nature and understanding of health and things like that. It would be a re, regaining appreciation for common sense and harmony in nature and how to follow that. And the first mentor I had in that study, and I've, I've got a lot to share with you here, and I, I won't get to much of it because uh, the show's going to go by really fast, but the first mentor in the mid-1960s was an amazing uh, doctor. He was a chiropractor uh, named Dr. McKimmy, M-A-C-K-I-M-M-I-E, and he's got a great book out called Presence of Angels that some of you might be interested to read. It's a good book. So I started with him during that allopathic experience, and I I had no idea at the time that the allopathic doctors had been trained to kill the body. And so, not necessarily quickly, 
usually they kill the body over a long period of time with a lot of expensive procedures and a lot of toxic chemicals called medicine. I didn't know that. So, I, you know, when I started working with Dr. McKimmy, I didn't really um, understand that, no, quit what you're doing right now. I didn't understand that. So I went through a lot of unnecessary destructive uh, results because of that. And then in the late 60s, I met a lady named Ann Wigmore who was famous for wheatgrass. She was the uh, mentor of Brian Clement who runs Hippocrates now. And that was really interesting. She cured her own cancer with uh, raw food, wheatgrass, fasting, things like that. And one of her students, some of you old people listening to this might remember if you were into the health food stuff at the time in the 60s. Uh, one of her famous students was Victoris Kolvinskas. Um, and he wrote a book called Survival into the 21st Century, a really interesting book. And it was about Anne Wigmore's approach, which cured him of something. I forget what it was. Um, and it was raw vegan and fasting and wheatgrass juice and other green juices. And that became the foundation of what they do at Hippocrates Health Institute now, um, named after the famous Greek doctor about 2,500 years ago who said, uh, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. And uh, the only thing was Victorus at the time and a lot of people who were following that protocol for Man Wigmore, they got cured of, of what they were fighting, degenerative disease, things like that. But they ended up really emaciated, the ones that I was in contact with anyway. And they didn't realize that the maintenance protocol should be different than what it took to cure them. And I think still, a lot of them are missing that piece of understanding. Um, then I found out about Johanna Brandt. You know, these are all people that most of them wrote books. They're fairly well known within the alternative health movement of people who believe in uh, health freedom, which means your body belongs to you. They may not believe in my body, my choice, because that normally applies to the right to kill your unborn baby, making believe it's an organ in your body, which it's not. Um, that's a whole interesting story in itself. And it's not partisan. It's not religious. It's it's like, like there's a baby who's not born yet. And if you're the mother or the father, you're responsible to take care of it and protect it, him or her, I shouldn't say it, not murder it. I mean, I know that's a really esoteric hard concept for some people to grasp, but it, most of these things are really simple. They're not because you memorized in your religion that you shouldn't do abortions or because, I mean, that policy can change. And it's not because your belief system says, oh, it's okay, so then it's okay. It's like, forget your beliefs. Look at what's really happening. This is a living baby that's not breathing air yet and totally dependent on both parents to protect him or her. Anyway, but the health freedom community, whatever they did or did not understand about um, protecting or killing your unborn baby. They did understand about um, like the difference between being forced to have chemotherapy or being able to go off and drink wheatgrass juice and fast. I mean, it should be up to you, right? And there's not, 
anybody else involved. It's just you, and it really is your choice. Even if you're pregnant, it's your choice because you're trying to take care of the unborn baby by what you do to your own body. It's really important understanding. And Johanna Brandt was another one. that You, you can get her book still. It's from the 60s, and it's called um, The Grape Cure. And this wasn't a dumb idea of hers that she was on some kind of, you know, conspiracy theory idea that you can cure cancer with grapes, exclusive grape diet. It's because um, she actually did that, which is a really good, <laughs> a good way to find out about things through a direct experience. And modern fake science has been taught in the medical schools and the PhD schools and the public health schools that... If CDC or some other recognized authority says something, then it's true. You can't even question it. It's called, what do they call that? Science is settled, right? Which is ridiculous. It's an oxymoron. Because science, real science, is never settled. It can't be settled. Why? Because science is the process of trying to get closer and closer to whatever is true not repeating over and over again what you're told has to be true. That's not science. That's a new religion of scientism or healthism or something. It's, it's just the opposite. It's not honest. So Joanna Brandt uh, was probably given the option of chemotherapy and all these conventional things. And she said, um, no, I think I'll do fasting and eat grapes. Not because she was an idiot, as many doctors would tell you who don't understand, but because she knew something about how the body actually works. And if you learn that, you can actually take care of a lot of things yourself. And you you have a very high likelihood of going through your whole life without needing any medical care whatsoever because you know how to prevent it and respond to it when it does happen. And Johanna Brandt... Uh, used only grapes for a long time, fresh organic grapes. Because I think, you know, if they're not organic or if they're like juice from grapes that's been pasteurized, which means cooked, they're not nearly as good. Cooking destroys the life force in food to a great extent. And um, she was fine after she did the long protracted diet of just grapes. And she helped a lot of other people get over cancer too. They've also suggested this at um, the Robert Morse Clinic in Florida. And we've had him on, I think, a couple of times as a guest. Really great person, I think. Very sincere guy. has helped a lot of people. I also got involved with Paul Bragg and a book he wrote called The Miracle of Fasting in the 60s also. Very inspirational contemporary of Jack Lane, who told grandma to get up off the couch and with his dog happy helping him with leading workouts for people who had never been out of a chair for decades. Paul Bragg was also really inspirational and he wrote this book called The Miracle of Fasting and it was the idea that if you if your body needs to clean itself out and get rid of the foundation of whatever health problem is happening at the moment if you keep eating, it needs to divert the, the energy available, the life energy, to digesting and assimilating the food. 
and it can't use it for healing so much. So he did a lot of fasting himself and proved that it had incredible rejuvenating qualities. Incredible person. He wrote a lot of books and uh, did, like Jack Lane, did some amazing feats when he was older. Uh, then I found that these are all people that had been brave enough to uh, stand against the status quo and say they weren't necessarily attacking it to get rid of it. They were saying, look, you guys, taking poison when you're sick to get healthy is not brilliant, you know, and it's the in America, it's the outcome of the conventional allopathic system that was the brainchild of the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations in about 1910. And they, their project what, to make money and to monopolize the health market was uh, shut down the schools that were teaching healers and doctors that were not drug-oriented, get rid of them, make everybody move over to drug medicine, and then become the sole source of drugs. I mean, they thought that was a great idea because they were some of the early proponents of, in America anyway, of do a successful business, meaning profit, no matter what it does to your customers, no matter what what it does to the environment, no matter what it does to your competitors or anybody else, just figure out a way to corner a market and make more money. And that's what they did. Um, and it was a huge crime against humanity, and we're still suffering the results of it now. And the the original medicine that they used since Rockefeller um, had access to a lot of oil, was they said, hmm, well, this is black, sticky stuff comes out of the ground, and it, you can burn it up in cars and things, but there must be other uses. Oh, maybe it cures cancer, and maybe it cures everything. And so that was one of the first products the Rockefellers started selling for medicine was uh, oil from the ground. Highly toxic, so it was perfect for medicine because it would make people worse and worse and then they need more medicine. That's kind of the circular thinking of allopathic business model. If you cure people and they don't need you anymore, this is considered a really stupid business model because you don't get any more business. So they don't do that. Uh, the natural health people, the honest ones, try to become unnecessary and teach the person to take care of themselves. You know, like the old parable, teach the man to fish instead of giving him a fish. And instead of eating for one meal, he can, I mean, if he wants to eat fish the whole time, he can eat fish for his whole life instead of just having a fish for lunch. And it's the same idea with learning um, natural health protocols, how to take care of yourself, how to help other people. And so I got really interested in what Paul Bragg was doing. He had an, an experiment that he did um, with prisons, one particular prison near Los Angeles, if I remember right. And these were prisoners who had very antisocial behavior, like they would... Um, kill you and commit rape and armed robbery and carjacking and stuff, you know, unfriendly things like that. And Paul Bragg had a lot of deep insight, and one of those was that the person's behavior is very much tied to the condition of their physical body. In other words, if it was highly toxic, 
like almost everybody in modern society is, thanks to what's been done with food production and uh, chemical agriculture, which is a major crime that goes with allopathic medicine in many ways, treating the soil like the allopathic medicine treats the body. Um, so Paul Bragg thought, these people in prison, I bet, you know, they're eating junk food. Uh, the food probably wasn't as bad then as it is now, because now it's full of GMOs, which they didn't have at the time. But it was highly processed and dead. And he got permission, you know, which just shows how different it is from now, to go in and give the criminals and the prisoners in this one facility healthy food and see what happened. And he was right. Totally changed those people. You know, prison is supposed to be rehabilitation, not punishment. And he demonstrated the rehabilitation of those people. Most of them went home as soon as their sentences were done or early for good behavior, and they didn't do any more crimes. And, of course, it was ignored because the allopathic medical system has a lot of power. But it was a great demonstration. And then... I found out about another amazing character who was uh, Morris Kroc, K-R-O-K. And he wrote a book, in the, I think it was 1967, and it was called Fruit, the Food and Medicine for Man, which nobody was calling a sexist title at that time. They were smart enough to know that he meant mankind, men and women and kids and everybody. And um, in theory... It seemed really reasonable. Fruitarianism, the, the tree gives you the ripe fruit. It digests easily. It's perfect food. Um, everybody likes it. But it turns out that for some reason, I, I actually tried that at one time as part of the sequence I went through in learning about how to do things like, you know, rejuvenate the body, reverse aging, and uh, things that I was interested in wanted to help people with but there's a problem for most people that become long-term fruitarians and like long-term raw vegans they tend to be really emaciated the ones that i've met anyway the long-term ones that are strict and stay on it and don't like in the middle of the night eat a whole bunch of rice or bread or something like that and it's a high sugar content and most people who do it long term don't don't seem to do well and if you know people who do i'd love to know about it but i couldn't find anybody so i just put it in the information file and kept looking and ran into a guy named arnold Eret, who wrote a book called rational fasting Eret was a really interesting character and um came up with a formula that he thought explained health and I think it left a few critical things out, but it was an interesting formula. And it says V equals P minus O. Did any of you guys ever hear of that? Uh, probably not, I suspect. That was a while ago. But V is vitality, you know, uh, energy, power, um, sense of strength and uh, endurance and all that. V equals P minus O. P is unlimited power. And O is in obstructions, like blockages or toxicity in the body. And um, so he did a lot of long fasting and demonstrated high energy on little to no food. And it was really instructive. 
totally ignored by the medical system, but more related to this whole cancer thing that we were talking about that I'm doing the study on. Um, and by the way, in that cancer study, we, we really need people to interview. So if if you know anybody that has not used the usual approach to cancer and has done like the Hippocrates uh, approach or any other natural food approach that uh, involves any amount of fasting, uh, please get in touch with me, which you can do, Richard, at lostartsradio.com. But back at the time that I was just initially getting rid of my own really pressing health problems, I came across uh, books by Max Gerson, uh, a German medical doctor who came up with a cure for something totally different than cancer. I actually don't even remember which disease it was right now, whether I shouldn't even mention it because I'm not sure. But it was he was curing people of other things, and it was by using uh, fresh juices and uh, cleaning the whole digestive system with water uh, from both ends of the system. Enemas are really incredible. They've saved a lot of people's lives. That's why in some of the medical journals it says they're so dangerous. You can misuse water, of course. And people have. They've gotten into enemas cleaning out the gut, made them feel so good. They were using them multiple times a day for a long time. And that can really, you know, create negative effects. But in general, what Gerson found, well, first of all, he wasn't working on cancer, but a lady that knew him came and said, look, you're curing all these other people with these natural food diets and stuff. You should cure me. And I've, I just got diagnosed with cancer and I don't want to do chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is pretty interesting in itself. First forms of it came from trying to use up the stockpiles of mustard gas from World War One. You look it up and you'll find out that that's actually true. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it's worse now. It's much more advanced chemical poisons, even though some of them try to use less of it. But, you know, the only reason in my experience that you'd need to poison yourself to get better, I mean, I can't think of any situation, actually. I could think of a few situations where you'd need surgery if the tumor is pressing on some vital organ or uh vein or artery or something that you need you might be forced into some kind of surgery but right after that and before that you'd be doing some of these more wiser natural approaches but that's just my point of view i'm not prescribing that to anybody i'm not a medical doctor i can't give medical advice nor do i have any interest in giving medical advice i'm not wanting to be part of the medical field the medical field right now is um, not what it was originally intended to be. The Hippocratic Oath is forgotten. Do no harm. You know that's what the doctors were supposed to swear swear by. And when they graduated from medical school, don't hurt anybody. At, at least if you can't cure them, you know, don't mess them up more. And that's thrown away now because most of them would be violating that. You know that. Doctor comes from the root docere, which means teacher. And the best thing, most common thing that a real doctor should be doing is teaching. You know, the body doesn't 
go through what's called sickness by by chance or you know you learn that it's not just from bad luck or genetics or running into the wrong germ at the wrong time i mean there are so many levels to that i've had discussions with advanced um allopathic doctors in the last couple weeks or so and they've been so well trained they can't think outside the box they've memorized so you know I'll, I'll tell you how that works but Max Gerson was one of the ones who was not close minded so when he saw people being cured by um, fresh juices and much simpler organic food he actually noticed, oh, this might be important. And then this lady came and said, look, if this cures other things, probably it would cure my cancer situation too. And he said, no, no, he was he was trained as a specialist and compartmentalized and thinking that every disease has to have a different cure. All the doctors are trained that that's the case. Sorry to be shifting around. This is a horrible chair. I have to replace it. So he finally gave in to the pressure and said, okay, you can do my treatment, you know, my protocol. And he put her on it. And she was cured. And as I said, he paid attention and said, wait a minute. That's a treatment for this other disease. Why did it cure that lady's cancer? And she told other people. And he started getting more popular. And he was curing cancer without chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. And he was curing people in very advanced stages, too. I mean, some of them were almost unconscious. Some were unconscious. They're near death. And he somehow got juice into them and got water into the lower intestinal tract, cleaned out the gut, and most of them came back, and he not all of them. He didn't have a 100% cure rate, but he cured a lot of people that were terminal and been designated as people that were definitely going to die, and those people aren't supposed to be savable. So Gerson was amazing, and because he was so successful, he had what we call the government seal of approval. Uh, they tried to kill him twice by poisoning. And the second time worked, and that's why he died. But he wrote some really good books, and you can look him up. He's still sold on the internet. And there's also a his daughter, who's died a few years ago, named Charlotte. She started a teaching center in San Diego, California, because Max um, migrated to the U.S. No, not as a illegal alien like is the you know being encouraged now he actually went through legal migration um and then he got killed after he got here but but he had written some uh good books results of 40 cases and some other things which are worthwhile and his daughter took on the mission of perpetuating what he had taught people and started a teaching center the gerson center in san diego which is, has done a lot of great work, saved a lot of people's lives. They're not allowed to have a clinic there, 
Because, I mean, that would be against the standard of care. And America is totally under the control of the allopathic medical um, industry as far as medicine goes. And it, it works together with um, CDC and the other government agencies, FDA and all those, to protect the medical industry and the business of selling poisonous chemicals to either swallow or inject and calling them medicine. I know that's really strange, but that's what's happening. And I mean, a person who visiting from some other more uh, mature and sane planet than this one would say, wait a minute, let, let me go over this again to make sure I got it right. The people are, the doctors give the people poisonous chemicals to swallow so that they will get over their sickness. And sometimes they put them in a syringe, in a liquid form or suspension, and they actually inject them into the body, saying that that will keep them from getting sick. I don't know whether they would laugh or just stand there stunned, but that's only one of the ways that current humanity is in a dark age right now. Some things need to change, otherwise it's going to, be more unpleasant than it is now. But anyway, so I studied Gerson. I talked to the Gerson Center people a lot. Um, that's ongoing. And then I found out about Hippocrates, not the, not the man from Greece, but Hippocrates Health Institute. This was started by a student of Anne Wigmore, who had been in Boston with her healing uh, center. And it was cold and not an ideal environment for healing there. And so um, it was moved by Brian Clement to Florida. And they're doing incredible work even now. It's amazing that they're existing in the middle of such a different environment with allopathic medicine, but they are. And hundreds of people are there going through there all the time from all over the world because it's so rare to find a place. And if, if I didn't know what I was doing and I had any... Uh, you know, advanced terminal or degenerative disease that I wanted to be better, even if it wasn't late stage, I would, if I had to go somewhere and have somebody else guide me through it, I'd probably go to Hippocrates Health Institute as far as places in the U.S. are concerned. Uh, the other one that's really good, though, that I have not interacted with as much, and it's probably, you know, much more than I'm aware of, is Optimal Health Institute. They they supervise fasting and juice fasting and uh, raw food, which is a really strong healing factor. And they're in California and Texas. You can look them up, Optimal Health Institute or OHI. Really good people. Um, outside of the country, for fasting, there's also a place called Tanglewood Wellness Center, uh, good water fasting place in Costa Rica. Lauren Lockman runs it. He's got all kinds of videos on um, on the internet, including all the platforms. They don't consider him a threat. And also, um, well, I'll tell you a little bit more about what he does, but he's into raw food, 100% raw food, mostly fruit and um simple green salads 
and just puts people on water for weeks and weeks in a restful environment and gets incredible healing results. Um, so if you're looking for a place to do raw food and water fasting, um, that's a good place to look at. Um, I've worked also with a few private fasting supervisors uh, in Europe and here, and many of them are excellent. And if people want to know who they are, you can let me know, and um, I'll be glad to share their contact information with you. Um, but I was initially motivated to get into all this stuff by my own health being you know, destroyed and destroyed further by the doctors, and I, I knew I had to do something. That was a long time ago. And I found out that there are big holes in the allopathic approach, which they're taught to be too arrogant to really look at, and one of those is the understanding of the germ theory, bacteria and viruses as the cause of all disease. And uh, you want to read an interesting book about that, there's one uh, in particular called The Contagion Myth by Dr. Thomas Cowan, who's been on the radio show, and Sally Fallon Morell. Very interesting book, and it talks about the current pandemic as well in the same sense and argues that the whole viral contagion idea is completely false. And they've got some really strong um, arguments, one of the m- most important of which is that there's a protocol for proving that um, a disease is actually transmitted by a virus, and that's called Rivers Protocol. It's an outgrowth of, of a similar procedure called Koch's postulates, which is used to prove that a bacteria causes a disease. And what you have to do is you start by doing what's known as isolating <clears throat> the virus or, or bacterium. You have to take a a sample of the fluids that are in the person who's sick, hopefully from a lot of people who have the same sickness, and you isolate it, meaning you take out everything in that solution other than the specific uh, microorganism that you think is causing the disease, and they use differential centrifuges and all kinds of stuff to do that. And... um, then you take this isolated virus you make sure or bacteria you make sure it's the same in every case we'll talk about viruses at the moment and from all the people with the same sickness you get the same isolated virus and then you inject it into somebody or let them breathe it or something like that and they should all get the same sickness if they don't then the virus doesn't cause the disease if they do excuse me, then um, what you do is you take samples of the fluids from that person who got sick, isolate the same virus, and that proves it caused the disease. With viruses, how many times do you think that's been done in real life? And the answer is zero. And Thomas Cowan describes it in great detail. It's a complete fraud. And you can look up the archive Um, of Dr. Thomas Cowan on Lost Arts Radio. Amazing presentation by him. It's really good. Um, So no one, you know, when you look at at SARS-CoV-2, 
which is the current, supposed to be the current uh, virus causing the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, <clears throat> you would assume that that virus has been isolated. Otherwise, they could never say it caused the pandemic. But I guess they figure that nobody is that sophisticated and they would never check. So they never isolated it. And they don't have any samples, nothing to compare to, to see if they get a similar sample in a sick person. It's a complete hoax. Sorry, guys, but it is. There is a disease... Um, that has been clinically diagnosed as COVID-19. And, and what clinically diagnosed means is that the doctor sees a patient come in like Dr. Stella Emanuel or Simone Gold or all these people that have reported cases coming in and, and the patient always, their lungs work fine, but they can't get oxygen into the blood for some reason. And there's the way the lungs work, they're like sponges, you know, and the bottom, uh, bottom edge of the lungs is connected to the sheet of muscle. And it's like a dome. It's a thin dome-shaped sh- sheet of muscle, and it's connected to the bottom of the lungs. And when it contracts, because what muscles do is they contract and relax. So when the dome contracts, it pulls the lungs, the bottom of the lungs downward, and that expands the lungs, and it makes the air come in through the nose and mouth. And these people's lungs are working fine, but once the air gets in there and it interacts with the blood vessels inside the lungs that are supposed to pick up the um, oxygen out of the air, that step does not work. And so they're gasping for air. They can't breathe. They can breathe. They just can't get air. Some doctors have compared it to being stuck on the top of Mount Everest with no oxygen tank. Your lungs work, but they can't get the air out of the atmosphere, the oxygen out of the air, I should say. So um, that's been diagnosed in clinics by just like Stella Emanuel said, uh, of the frontline doctors. All these patients came in and they were so distressed they felt like they were dying because they couldn't get any air and they kept gasping for breath, you know, and they all felt like they were going to die. And she said, don't worry, you're not going to die. And she gave them HCQ, which um, Donald Trump got crucified for recommending and the other doctors who have recommended it get attacked or lose their licenses or uh, lose their jobs or all of the above not incomprehensible that they would get assassinated because it's a threat to the agenda, not just the drug industry, but the agenda of what the purpose of the pandemic is for. And if it was, if these cases were easily cured, that would just, like it would ruin the whole pandemic and you can't have that. So um, now, even though they have no proof that there's any virus because they have no samples, nobody's isolated it. Um, they haven't done reverse protocol. They just say, you know, Dr. Tom, uh, David Martin has done a great presentation about this. If you really want to understand it in more detail, 
then look at the interview that we did. Or no, not that we did. This is a presentation that he did that we posted. And he did it with Reiner Fulmick, who's working with World Doctors Alliance. And um, he's explaining that what they're calling SARS-CoV-2 <clears throat> is a made-up computer-generated sequence of nucleic acids, DNA, and there's no basis in reality at all. So we don't know what's causing the, the uh, clinically diagnosed cases, whether it has anything to do with the virus. There's no sign of that. But it is uh, easy to, to deal with with HCQ, ivermectin, uh, several protocols, notably like Dr. Zelenko's protocol in New York City that has helped thousands of people, or Dr. Brownstein's protocol. I think he's in Ohio. I'm not positive about that. We've posted both of those protocols on lostartsradio.com. Um, so when I was first looking into what was going on with all that, and I found out that not only was the um, the whole science of germ theory highly suspect, especially when you get to viruses, but also that the number one wonderful breakthrough of science and medicine in the last 200 years, which has saved millions of people and eradicated polio and smallpox and all that, um, found out that that was a complete fraud, absolutely not true. And um, that was vaccines. So if you want to understand that, I recommend, although people don't read books much anymore, but there's some really good books to read that explain things in great depth and in a good way. And one of those is by uh, Suzanne Humphreys, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. And it's called Dissolving Illusions. If you want to exp understand vaccines, that's a good one to read. So is Dr. Tim O'Shea's book, uh, Vaccination is Not Immunization, um, which should be more than obvious, but apparently it's not. Um, you know, it should be more than obvious because a lot of the flu shot uh, recipients get the flu. A lot of the um, people get shots for other things get that disease, and there's a circular reasoning that's being promoted that says, well, if you get sick from the shot, it means the shot is working. They're doing that with COVID right now. I guess if you die from the COVID shot, it's really working. And that has been true of thousands and thousands of people now. In the last couple of days, uh, CDC removed the report called the VAERS report from their website, CDC website, because apparently because so many people are dying from the shot, it's getting really embarrassing and stressful to the CDC bosses to say, well, how many thousands are, are dead from the shots today? And only about 1%, 1 to 10%, some people say, of the actual deaths and injuries from vaccines get reported to VAERS. And even with that, in America they were reporting something over 12,000 deaths a few days ago and 500,000 injuries. And it could be 100 times that, to be accurate. 
Um, but again, why it's so obvious that people that get the flu shot very often get the flu. And a lot of the ones that get measles get get the measles shot, get the measles. So it's it's just not a legitimate science. And I have a disagreement with Alex on this. <clears throat> Alex and many others are pro-vaccine in there. They're saying, yeah, this is a totally legitimate science. It's wonderful, and we just have some problems with the ones that get tainted or corrupted or the new ones that are totally different, and they make you into a GMO human. I'm not kidding. That's basically what they do. Um, But I'm saying, no, Alex, they've all been a fraud since um, Edward Jenner came up with the first ones in late 1700s in England. They've been maiming and killing people the whole time. And it would be better to tell the truth. Alex is honest. I don't think he knows. So um, this idea of poisoning the body to regain health is totally insane. Sorry, and it's not logical. It's not common sense. Um, No matter how it's presented and what kind of impressive complex language but so gradually I discovered a whole new parallel world of understanding nature who we are and it helped uh, everything I was trying to accomplish and I realized that it's a lot deeper subject that we are not these costumes we're wearing there are costumes are vehicles for functioning in the physical world and the mind is a interface between us and the and the real world we're something formless and different that's not subject to being destroyed no matter what happens and at the time i was first getting into this stuff in the university in the 60s i worked with alan chadwick who was a university while I was a university student and he was a one of the um, really visionary students of Rudolf Steiner Shakespearean actor and naval officer in World War II but he got disillusioned by all the people that he helped kill in the war and he left his aristocratic family and became a gardener came to the university in California Uh, just before I got there in the 60s. So it was perfect timing to take me farther into that parallel world, and I was still working on my own body, going through a series of lifestyle changes, starting with eliminating, uh, what was it, white sugar and white flour. That was what was taught by Dr. McKimmy. And there weren't GMOs back then. I learned about macrobiotics and... um, all about what the um, raw milk people were teaching and the vegetarians and the vegans and um, everybody saying that detoxification was the way of healing and um, what we're taught about suppressing symptoms with poison called medicine led to blocking the detox reactions and manifesting as degenerative disease. So I was in the middle of two worlds every day as a university student. It was like I would go to classes and interact with these professors who had memorized massive amounts of information 
that most of which they didn't know whether it was personally true or not. And they were totally out of touch with the world and their very sick, degenerated, you know, uh, aged bodies, out of touch with common sense, not seeing the conflict between the fake memorized science and the damage it was doing to the world. Students were not as insane at that time. I mean, some were falling for the um, socialist insanity and almost all of them were falling for some kind of drugs. Anything from legal or illegal, anything from cigarettes and alcohol and marijuana and mushroom extracts and ayahuasca and LSD and uh, cocaine, heroin, all kinds of stuff. And as far as, you know, the ones that were using what they call plant medicine and ayahuasca and marijuana and things like that and LSD for uh, psychic experience and opening their consciousness, they didn't understand that when you open it up early like that, before you're really ready, with uh, plant-derived or anything-derived, chemical, lab-derived, in the case of LSD, uh, substances like that, yes, you do. It kind of breaks down the barrier between dimensions, and the barrier's not there by mistake. It's really important. You know, there are huge worlds beyond the physical universes that are quite real. Um, sorry about my horse voice today. My my voice is exhausted. I've been talking too much. Not not normally like that, but I got to keep going because we only have a few minutes here. Um, this is an important point, and a lot of the people <clears throat> pushing ayahuasca as a, and other things like that, and even LSD and marijuana as beneficial for consciousness. I would say there are other aspects to that that are not so good and we're surrounded by nice and not nice beings on the astral levels in this vast series of universes that's way bigger than the physical one there's a reason there's a barrier between you and them it's because when you get strong enough and you get the foundation built and then you interact with those beings there's no problem it's just like other people that you meet that don't happen to be in physical bodies. But when you rip that barrier, protective barrier, with a drug, natural or otherwise, you, uh, you're not ready. And some unpleasant things can happen. Um, so anyway, about the same time I started exploring meditation, teachers of that I started working with in various countries around the world and India in particular, wide arrays of approaches from Zen, meditation to light and sound, meditation being taught by Sikh teachers in India, not Sikh teachers, Sikh, Sikh, it's a religion over there. On 1970, I started fooling around with vegetarianism and found out the benefits of it for the physical body, and mainly for consciousness though. And then I was fruitarian for a while. That didn't work long term. The raw food obviously had huge benefits. That is part of why Hippocrates is having such great results with cancer and other patients over there. But as a long term maintenance, it wasn't working. 
and I didn't want to fall back into um, cooked food because I'd gotten away from it with great effort, and it helped a lot of health issues. But uh, the raw vegan approach was was not uh, sustaining me at all. So I looked at what Western Price people were doing with the raw. They advocate raw milk and cheese and meat and fat from animals and stuff. And I I didn't want to go back into being involved in the chain of killing animals. I'm not against carnivorous animals or carnivorous people if they want to be on that stage. But if you're really working on opening up uh, subtle levels of consciousness to levels not on this level of experience, meat is not helpful. And if if you are a real carnivore, like the animals, like dogs, well, cats especially, but also dogs and wolves and uh, lions and tigers and stuff like that. Um, And I know some people say dogs are omnivores, but they all eat their food raw, and that's not because they can't figure out how to build a stove. If you feed them cooked food all the time, they get human diseases, and they eat the whole animal. They eat it while it's still dying, most of them, and trying to get away. That's normal carnivorism, and Humans have these things in their consciousness that the animals are are not familiar with, one of which is compassion. And what you find out is that there's a lot more to restoring your physical health than just the physical part. There's also the consciousness part. And if we want to solve a situation in the world where we're being assaulted on a global scale, with the intent to exterminate life on our planet, which is the bottom line of what's going on right now. You have to wake up the potential consciousness in yourself. Fix your body, get your energy and strength and endurance back and flexibility and all that as much as you can. Um, But that's really not the end. You know, and if you... It, it works together that getting your physical health back and your um, clearing your consciousness. And you can't, uh, what I found and a lot of other people have found and some of the master teachers in India and other places is that if you're involved in killing other than self-defense, then it affects your consciousness and you can't open it up the way you need to. Um I've looked at what's happening in the program to exterminate life, which they're clearly doing. It's not, what's happening right now is not a program to reduce the population and save the world for themselves. It's not about that. These people are quite clever. They're smart in a nefarious kind of a way. And they know that if they want to keep the world for themselves after they kill most of us, probably a good idea not to destroy and permanently poison the ecosystem. That's not an oversight. They intend to kill everybody. And so, uh, including themselves as a ceremonial sacrifice where they collect their reward on the astral levels. It's not a very good plan, in my opinion. It's not going to work. It's not going to turn out like that. But that's what they believe. And it's a, that's why they don't kill everybody at once, because it's a step-by-step protocol. 
and they have to observe the right notices, milestones, um, showing in advance in movies and things like that, what they're going to do to us. Anyway, it's geared for extermination, and I was looking at ways to reverse it. And the only one that I saw as viable at all is based in consciousness. So that's what Planetary Healing Club is about, in case you get interested in that. But you don't need us. You can, you have everything you can do. You, you have everything you need to do it yourself. Because you're not the body or the mind. You're something amazing. Permanent, formless, unlimited, currently programmed, but the programs can be deleted. So, um, I don't know how much time we have left before the agenda to exterminate life on the planet is complete. Right now, it's obviously not complete. We're still here. And we can use the time well, but we should consider it valuable time and do everything we can starting immediately. So, I think a small core group, not, it doesn't take um, a majority of the population or even a huge minority, just a really focused small core group to do the work on themselves physically, waking up their own lost normal state of perception and consciousness, and then it could spread like a real positive pandemic. So <clears throat> even if we're too late, and we don't have enough time, and I don't know that's the case, it will transform your own life experience to do this. And so I really suggest it. It's the only way that I've seen to turn around the energy that's taking over the world right now. So I just wanted to give you kind of a quick overview of how all this stuff fits together. If you do know anybody that has been diagnosed with any kind of cancer, Anytime, even years and years ago, and they used any kind of a natural protocol that involved any kind of fasting on juice or water um, with raw food or Gerson or whatever they're doing for their main protocol, please have them contact me, Richard at lostartsradio.com. And um, the immediate problem is the fake pandemic. Because it's tied to the shutdowns, and the shutdowns are tied to starvation. And it's systematic and very carefully planned on a global scale. And you're not supposed to talk about it. And it's supposed to force people into getting the vaccine. And I looked at vaccines back to Jenner. I couldn't find any real evidence of them preventing disease. And I, I mean serious study. So it's not only Suzanne Humphrey's book and... Tim O'Shea's book and what Dr. Labo has written and all these people. Um, it's anybody who looks into this on a real basis can tell that vaccines have been a weapon since day one. I'm sorry, but if we get kicked off the air, we do. Uh, that's just the truth and somebody needs to say it. And some people are saying it. We've had Sherry Tanpenny on. I highly recommend looking at her archive with Lost Arts Radio in addition to Lee Merritt and uh, the other of the five doctors groups. We're, we're at four out of five of those now. The last one, Christian Northrup, should be on maybe next month in September. Um, 
they're all saying that vaccines are a complete fraud. Sherry Tenpenny didn't used to say that, but she does now. And anybody who understands now says the same thing. So um, they're going to try to force everybody to take this vaccine because, like in America, half the people have refused it. And that's not acceptable to them. So we need to support each other as much as we can. That idea of David Icke and uh, Chris Guy and the other people of mass peaceful civil disobedience is great. I agree with that. But if we want the power to really get the best results out of that, you've got to work on yourself, your own consciousness, your own physical health. Take care of it. Realize what an important, critical individual you are, not somebody else. You, you're, I can't even describe how important you are. So for most of us, what we have to do is take your attention away from condemning and criticizing other people constantly. You know, that's a way that the programming uses on you to fool you into wasting your time. Critiquing everybody else. Look look at what your programming is doing right now, this minute. How much is it looking back at yourself, assessing, okay, I need to change this, this, and this to make uh, my regimen honest, consistent, to make sure I treat other people the way that they need to be treated, um, including the people who don't like me very much. I should bless them, wish for their healing, it's really important, you guys, and it's the, in fact, we don't see the power in it, but the subtle things are the most powerful, even if they're hidden for the moment. So work with yourself, find out what an incredible being you are, and use your time well. You know, don't blow it away. Having fun is fine, but your real work is to open your own consciousness and that is much easier if you stop eating garbage. You know, do some basic stuff to take care of yourself and don't just depend on drugs because they're no substitute for a lifestyle that you make better. So anyway, I hope you can relate to some of this. Find me people from, to complete my study for one thing. Take care of yourself for another. Realize that you're not mind, you're not body. They're like your kids, you're using them. Bring them into harmony with what you need to accomplish. And um, learn what to do to clear your consciousness. It's powerful. It's more powerful than anything that the rulers of the earth can possibly come up with. But how much time do we have to work on that? I don't know. So, anyway, everything you've got, Everything you need, you've got to do that. And if you have other people to support you, great. If you want our environment for it, where a lot of people are working on that, go to planetaryhealingclub.com, and that's an access point. You can get in that way. If you want to see us stay on the air, and I've got to go on way over time again, lostartsradio.com, donate button. Try to help us if you have the resources and you can. Otherwise, if you're struggling for survival, don't do that. Share the links. Um, also, subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio. You can help us there. And um, 
you'll know what to do as far as participating in positive, peaceful, mass disobedience and demonstrations, not not breaking laws when you can avoid it, and not hurting anyone other than legitimate self-defense. The best form of self-defense is if you can de-escalate things like Black Guns Matter, Montuary was talking about. So you take away people's motivation to fight and you don't have to hurt anybody. That's a higher level of martial art. Anyway, we may get a chance to talk more about that later. Have a good week. Thank you for spending your time here. I really appreciate it. And um, find out what's hidden in your own consciousness, what your abilities are. It's time to use them for the best uh, outcome and benefit of everybody. Everybody's really in a family, all this divide and conquer stuff about hating people of other races or other genders or other age groups or other social groups or if they have money or if they don't have money or whatever. Don't fall for that anymore. Don't hate anybody, no matter what they're like and what they're doing, even the ones who are totally sold out complete evil on a much deeper level it's not their fault if you get strong enough you can help them too without even saying a word so you got work to do and i recommend deciding to start anytime as long as it's now so stay in touch let me know if you think that makes sense let me know if you have study people that can participate in what we're doing with the cancer interviews for fasting and um, take care of yourself. It's the most generous thing you can do for everybody around you. And uh, appreciate you very much. We'll see you here next time. Have a good week. Oh, remember, by the way, um, tomorrow night, Sunday, is our guest show. And we have another one of the five doctors, an amazing person. So you might want to be there for it. Um, join me. It's going to be incredible. And we'll see you then. So have a good night. Talk to you soon. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live 
for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.